o'clock hour, Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Cardinals and the Rams in one of the most anticipated regular season games we've had around here. Well, probably, honestly, since the last time the Cardinals played the Rams. <laughs> for being honest about yeah, it, right? Yeah, that was the chance to go to the playoffs. That was win and you're in. Well, I beat mean, the Rams was, and you get in. Beat the Rams and you're in. And that was beat the Rams Traveler. without Jared Goff. You know, and John Walford, and you're in, and beat Johnny Walford, and couldn't do it, couldn't do it. So I mean, look, I don't want to make it sound like the Cardinals haven't played anticipated regular season games last year. They did. They played a bunch of them, as a matter of fact. But this one ah, just kind of has a different feel to it. Maybe because the Rams are three and zero, and they got Matthew Stafford. The Cardinals are three and zero, and they've played a really high level of football so far. And it's early. It's really, really early in the season, but. This is uh, this is one of the highly anticipated games of Week Four, and one of the most highly anticipated games I think the Cardinals have played in a while. Um, and you're dealing with a Rams team that's just getting a crazy amount of love nationally. Fact or fiction? With your guy Adam Shine, Adam Shine, the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals. Come on, Jeff, can you find it? Can can you can you find? Can you find Jordan's secret file? I or- love that response, Cliff. That, that's a great answer. <laughs> the Cardinals. Your Arizona Cardinals. Mm. There you go. The outstanding general manager of your Arizona Cardinals, the great Steve Kine. Sorry, the Je- great Steve Kine. Jeff, I didn't mean to make you jump there. I'm sorry. We just Every time we talk about Adam Shine, Mitch, good job. I, I, I assume that was you. Always yes. on the ready. You're Bruncy. just ready to go. I think if you just hold your nose and talk, I think if I hold my nose, then you could actually kind of sound like him. Anybody could sound like Adam Shine. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Adam. One of these days we're going to have I'd Adam- rather be Rickrolled than listen to him. We're going to have Adam Shine on the show, and we're going to have to come correct with how mean we've been to him throughout the years. Fact or fiction with yeah. Adam Shine. Yep. Item number one, the Rams are the team to beat in the NFC, and he calls that a fact. Fact. A fact. I mean, that should be a fact. Kansas City doesn't look good. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with their entire roster back from a Super Bowl team, got beat by the Rams. Yeah, beat by the Rams. And the Rams looked really good in that game, offensively and defensively, against the Bucs. They beat the hell out of Tom Brady. They shut down the running game. They scored on, what would you say, six straight possessions they scored on. Four of them were touchdowns. Correct. Cooper Cup was unstoppable in that game. The Rams are the Super Bowl favorites. I got a kick out of this, you know, in talking about the, you know, the week three NFL overreactions. When you look at the teams that are undefeated, right, the Rams are clearly the best. I mean, the Cardinals... Uh, they you know they barely beat the Vikings. They struggled against the Jags. They won, but the three you know the Panthers, their offense doesn't score like the Rams do. The Raiders, they've been in overtime twice to be three you know. The Broncos, their opponents, they're zero nine. The Broncos are three you know. Their opponents are all zero and three. They haven't beat anybody. So the, the Rams, like clearly, after three games, that's the best team. I don't think we have to sit there like with the Panthers. You'd like be like, I'd like to see a little bit more. Eh, I just don't know that I want to believe them. The Rams were a good team last year. They're better now with a quarterback change. So I think that the, the the Rams are the Super Bowl favorites right now. I mean, if you're just pooling together the undefeated teams, I mean, there's there's no debate, right? I, I mean, it's it's not even a conversation. Yeah. I mean, Denver got to see a lot more. The Raiders, I've been very impressed with the Raiders, and and, and we didn't Me get a too. chance to talk much about them. That was one hell of an entertaining game they played on Sunday afternoon. I was completely sucked into that game. 
completely sucked I into that the, game. I did. The, I tweeted something out like, "This is a highly entertaining football it, game. Very fun to watch. I, I mean, it, it was it was a good brand of football. Are they the best team in the NFL? And and Shine is saying the NFC. He's not saying the NFL that they're the team that beat in the NFC. But whatever. The Panthers got to see more. Raiders got to see more. Cardinals got to see more. Uh, Broncos got to see more. The only team that's three and zero that's in that you know perfect five and zero three and zero club so far are the Rams, and they're the one team that you can say, yeah, yeah, they look like they're the best. They look like they belong. Yeah, but I'm not at the point where I'm like, oh, the Rams have a chance to go undefeated. They've looked great. Oh. They just beat the Bucks, but NFC West is too tough. Somebody's going to get them. But could they go fourteen and three? Could they go fifteen and two? I mean. Maybe. They look really good. I mean, they look really good. That that team's not winning 10 games and going 10 and 7. No. They're probably going to be a 14 or 15 win football team. But you also know how this works in the NFL. And in the NFL, teams are very much, you know, kind of flavor of the week, flavor of the month kind of things. Now, I think the Rams are better than the flavor of the week, and I think they're better than the flavor of the month. I think they're very, very good. But understand, this time a week ago, the Rams were 2-0, and and they looked uh, okay against the Indianapolis Colts, right? There wasn't, wasn't a dazzling performance by Matthew Stafford. It wasn't they needed a field goal by Matt Gay with, what, three and a half minutes to go just to beat the Indianapolis Colts on the road. So there is a, a little bit of break tapping I think we need to do with the Rams. To assert, I know they look great against the Bucs, and the Bucs are a great football team, and they clearly got up for that. But they didn't look so hot against the Colts a couple of weeks ago. And I'll, I'll tell you this about the Rams, and I know you know this because we've talked about this with them a lot. In week three, awesome. By week 10 or 12, I'll be really curious to see how a top-heavy team like the Rams look because they are extremely top-heavy. Yeah, And their depth is a that hasn't been called upon yet. They haven't had to rely on their depth yet. When they get to that point, I'll be curious to see if we're still building statues about the LA Rams because they're what their top five or six or seven guys are really really good. When you get beyond that, do they have the depth to make it through a seventeen game season? That to me is yeah. the question about. No, them. I like that you looked back to the Colts game because they you know they had to have two late scoring drives that that, that tie breaking field goal by by Matt Gay with about two and a half minutes left and they they barely won that game twenty seven twenty four but they did go on the road and beat the Colts, and Cooper Cup was unstoppable in that game, and Stafford played really well, and uh, like they're a good football team. So they'll be challenged, uh, but I, I mean, I, I I think it's possible that they're a 13, 14, 15 win team, somewhere in that category. I'd be very surprised if they only won 10 or 11, because I think they're just that good. But it's a great point on the depth, because they spent so much money on the top-end guys that they weren't able to spend a lot of money on, on the depth. So their depth, if it gets challenged because of injuries, could be something that hurts them. Right now, they look like a juggernaut. It's early in the season, but after what they did to the Bucks and Tom Brady, they look like the team to be. Yeah, and, and and you know, think about the Bucks from a year ago. They were seven and five after twelve games. I don't think anybody was really thinking. Oh, there goes the Super Bowl champ. Here comes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they went on that run. Whereas we've pointed out, not even a lot of close games for the Tampa. So the it's it's. It's early, but I understand. Right now, today, and yes. The, and then the Bucs, they almost got beat by Washington in the playoffs. Yeah. The first playoff game. Uh, a couple other factor fictions from Adam Shine. Yeah, let's go over. Uh, uh, some of these are very interesting. Real quick, the Packers are the biggest competition to the Rams in the NFC. He calls that a fact. Ooh. Um, 
I mean, I, 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 boy, that's a tough one for me. I would say that's probably correct. It's probably correct that it's the Packers. Not Tampa Bay? I mean, I know they just beat them, but not Tampa Bay? I mean, they did just beat them. I still think it's Tampa. You still think it's Tampa? Okay. I still think it's Tampa. Right, I can go. I, them, I, still think I mean, it's Tampa I, I can be persuaded for either one. I, I, I can be persuaded for either one. I think Brady isn't going to sweat losing a game in the middle of September. I, I, I think he. There are bigger battles to be fought and bigger battles to be won. And if they, not that they sacrifice that game, but Brady in December, Brady in January against the Rams. I don't know if I'm betting against Brady in January against the and Rams. Didn't they go so. on the road for all their playoff games last year? The Bucks, yes. Before yes, the Super Bowl, I think so. Yes, I'm almost positive. They open right. on the road against Washington. Uh, Seah- yeah. yeah, they did. Yeah, they because Washington won their division and yes. they had to. Yeah, Seahawks will bounce back. No, he calls it fiction. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he called it fiction. Yeah, yeah. He said they're they're not going to bounce back. I mean, but- you know this. I was not. I I was not sold on that team. I don't believe in the Seahawks. They have no defense. Their offensive line isn't that good. And as much as I love Russell Wilson. He's not going to be able to carry that team. They're going to be the worst team in the NFC West. They will finish in last place in the NFC West. And I like number six, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit. Ben Roethlisberger is cooked, and he calls that a fact. Wait, look at they looked that, so good in week one. That is one of the top stories to come out of week three, if you look around the NFL, is how old Ben Roethlisberger looked against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. They lost at home by two touchdowns to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Since who's now won two straight against Pittsburgh. Yep, Texas, they need a new quarterback. Yeah, Texas, your thoughts on the Cardinals-Rams matchup. The fan duel text line is there for you. Text us at 620-620 right now. When we come back, Arizona State got it done on Saturday, and now we're at a point this weekend. This weekend's huge for ASU. We're going to talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's going to have a real beat L.A. feel around here this week, and not just because the Cardinals are taking on the L.A. Rams. The ASU Sun Devils taking on UCLA. I believe they're now ranked 20th in the country. After UCLA? They beat Stanford. Yeah, they, yeah. Lo- they had lost like 13 of their last 14 to Stanford, but they won this week. Um, it's It's a huge game that potentially could determine who comes out of the South. I mean, I know this this division is a mess, North and South. I mean, Oregon State could end up going to the Rose Bowl for all we know. How about they're playing that? Right now. They're, they, they beat USC for their first win in the Coliseum since 1960. God, you were a young man in 1960. I was, man, I wasn't even born, man. I wasn't even a... <laughs> What's that? A was Fetus born in, then? Was Fetus born? I don't think Fetus was born, Fetus or Bacala, or The Rock, or any of <laughs> T-Bone, or any T-Bone, of your, or Frankie any of your boys from New York, or any of them born Carmine. in 1960, the last time Oregon 1960, State beat the last yeah. time they beat him. I mean, they were they were good. They played very well. And they, they, beat him, they beat the hell out of him, 45-27. Yeah. Um, so, they, they, so they're 3-1 and one overall. They're 1-0 and oh in the Pac-12. That ended a 24-game losing streak dating to 1960 at that Coliseum. Yeah, that is crazy, crazy, just crazy. So good, a great win for them, and obviously it leads to questions. Yeah, who's the best team in the Pac-12? Yeah, who's the? I mean, uh, we know it's not U of A because they haven't won a game. And by the time they play UCLA after the bye, it'll be two full years that they haven't won a game because <laughs> they got they got beat. They were in that game were for down a little bit against five Oregon. late in the third quarter. Yeah, right? believe it or not, it's crazy, yeah. but they were in that game. They started that uh, that Jordan McLeod. 
the South Florida transfer. I think he's going to be the guy going forward. But they were in the game. They hung around for a little while, and then, then Oregon was able to put them away. And now their losing streak is at 16 games. Arizona has lost 16 straight college football games. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, like you say, UCLA is next for them, so 17 is looking is looking like it's going to happen. It kind of paints this picture of a lot of uncertainty around the Pac-12. USC obviously having a down year. They've already fired their coach. Utah, they've already lost their quarterback. He has transferred. U of A is is U of A, you could make an argument that that ASU, and I know they looked shaky against BYU a week and a half ago, they have a chance to make us all forget about that BYU game with this game against UCLA. I'm not saying the winner of this game wins the Pac-12 South, but for now, the winner of this game is certainly in the driver's seat in the Pac-12 South. So let's look back for a second at okay. ASU's win over Colorado, because okay. it, it was Colorado's not very good. And ASU took advantage of the fact that Colorado's not very good. But they played, and this is what we wanted the most out of the Sun Devils, they played a very clean game on Saturday night in terms of the penalties. At least it was cleaner than what we saw against BYU. And the turnovers weren't as bad either. So it was it was that, that kind of no. cleaner game we were looking for out of ASU. You know, they, they were only penalized seven times in a game. So I'll take that. They, uh, they, were, they were up 14 nothing. Colorado kind of made it a game. Made it 14-10. They got a touchdown early in the third quarter. So early in the third quarter, you're watching that game. You're like, oh, I'm still not sold on ASU. Then they pulled away. They outscored them 21-3 the rest of the way. They kind of blew them out. Jaden Daniels, I thought, was really good. He counted for 311 yards of offense. Um, he threw for 236 yards. He ran for uh, 75 or so. Uh, so he did a really good job. The ASU running backs kind of held in check a little bit, but they're missing Trey Thom. So, so not having him is a big deal. Nagata... And White were just okay in that game. But still, with Jaden Daniels adding 75 yards, they have now rushed for at least 150 yards in nine consecutive games. Yeah. Which is the longest streak since 1975-76 for ASU. So they're getting it done on the ground, but they are relying on Jaden to help them a little bit, especially in this last game. It was a very good game from Jaden Daniels. He played well. Herm Edwards was very happy with him. You mentioned uh, Trainum. He's expected back this week against UCLA. They've missed him. Uh, They have missed him. They have missed him. Um, And... And it's it's this this game against UCLA. I want to correct myself. They've lost twelve of thirteen against Stanford, but by winning, they improved to twentieth in the nation in terms of the AP poll. And and they're number six nationally against the run. They're only giving up about sixty four yards per game. ASU has a chance now. Uh, it, it, look, they win this game on Saturday, and all against BYU will be forgiven. You know, I mean, it'll be one of those, okay, you got to, like, everything you lost in terms of perception by losing to BYU, you don't yeah. even, you, you'll get it all back. You beat UCLA. If you can beat UCLA on Saturday and, night. And, yeah, that it, that was just a non-conference loss. That's all it is. And you're trying to win the Pac-12 South. You're trying to be, you know, listen, it's crazy what's going on here in college football. I mean, it really is. I mean, Clemson's out of it. Yeah, they're like done. Clemson's done. Like they're they're finished. They're out. Clemson, yep. they have no chance. Which, let's be honest, is fantastic news for Oregon. It's fantastic news for the Pac-12. I mean, a, a spot, a spot is cleared. There's nobody coming out of the ACC. Nobody. That's the now Oregon still has to take care of its own business, and that's been really hard for teams to do out of the Pac-12 the last few years. But that really clear that not guarantees them a spot by any stretch. But if Oregon can be the Pac-12 champ with one loss, it's going to be hard to keep them out of that, depending on what happens in the Oklahoma. Oklahoma didn't look great. 
this weekend. I don't know if they're going to come out of the Big 12 and get one of those four spots. Oregon's in a really decent position if they can yeah. finish. I mean, the one team in the ACC that probably has the best shot now is Wake Forest. And Wake Forest probably has, you know, you'll get the SEC champion, the Pac-12 champion, the Big Ten champion, the probably Cincinnati in the AAC. Um, and then you start looking at, you know, you know, could Georgia get an, you know, an at-large bid? Could uh, Penn State get an at-large bid? What about Notre Dame who had a win? So you start to look at how, you know, at, at teams that could possibly make, you know, make the playoffs. You start to you start to look at the four, you know, who's going to get in. Uh, but right now, I mean, you know, Oregon's in a good spot right now, a really good spot right now. If they could run the tables to get in because of what's happening in, in the ACC. I mean, if it comes down to a one-loss UCLA team, and I know we're a long way from that, but a one-loss UCLA team versus a undefeated or one-loss Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship then I think the winner of that game has a really good chance of making a claim to one of those four spots. And I don't want to leave ASU out of this either. I mean, their their non-conference leaves a little something to be desired, and UCLA has a big win over yeah. LSU. Yeah. But it's it's there's still a lot to be determined when it comes to Your four right now might be Alabama, Oregon, Michigan State, and Cincinnati. That could be your four right now. Crazy year. Alabama, Oregon, Michigan State, and Cincinnati. As I walked by Rob Fredrickson in the hallway, the former Michigan State and Cardinal player, he's got he, he's up there reading all the stories on Michigan State and the Spartans. He's pumped for Michigan State. <laughs> Text the word Gates to 62620. Register to participate in the Arizona Sports Ultimate Virtual Tailgate Experience. Fueled by M-Drive. Join your favorite Arizona sports host before the Cards game this Sunday. You will have the chance to win amazing prizes, including tickets to an upcoming football game, autographed memorabilia, and much more. Again, text the word GATE to 620-620. They've never beaten the man. Can that end this weekend for the Cardinals? That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. For you um, older sports fans out there, (laughs) for you older sports fans out there, okay, you might not. I don't know where you're going here. But you, right. you'll, you'll see here in a second. Um, you might not remember this as well as Gambo and I remember this, but years ago, years and years ago, there was a series of very popular local commercials featuring Lou Olson, the head coach of the University of Arizona men's basketball there we program, go. Yep. and Bill Frieder, Freeds! the head coach of ASU's men's basketball program. And they were promoting a bank, and I can't even remember which bank it was. It was one of the Arizona-based banks or whatever, and it was the whole theme of the commercials was that here's Lute and the late Lute Olson, you know, uh, straight, narrow, whole, hair perfectly combed, never out of place, always wearing a suit, always in control of the situation, always one-upping Bill Frieder, always who is portrayed in the in the commercials as being kind of a slightly crazed, totally disheveled, <laughs> completely disorganized, just kind of wacko, right? And it was they were very funny commercials because it the state of the programs at that time. U of A was a perennial Final Four team, one of the truly elite blue bloods in college basketball, and ASU very much was a wannabe. And, and the commercials kind of reflected that, and they were very funny. And if you lived here back in Arizona in the eighties and nineties, you'll you'll remember those commercials. Sure. They Doug Tamaro often tweets them out. The uh, great uh, SID for ASU. ASU. Yeah. He often tweets those out. But yeah, Frieder, and, and that's what you feel like when you go with this. That's what you feel like right now with Sean McVay just owning the Arizona Cardinals. 
Sean McVay is, you know, he's not lost to the Cardinals. And this is, this goes back over, you know, over three coaches. I mean, his dominance over the Cardinals goes back for a while here. But they've got the, the Rams' mastery over the Cardinals. The last time the Cardinals beat the Rams, I was in Zurich celebrating New Year's Eve. Okay. The last time they, they, the last time the Cardinals beat the Rams was on January 1st, 2017. I was watching, I was in Zurich, Switzerland at that time on a vacation. And the Cardinals won that game 44 to 6. That was a 4 and 12 Rams team. And they Jeff had, Fisher's last year. Was that, was that, but, who by, it was? The, but by then he yeah. was already gone. By, by then I believe, well, uh, maybe. What year was that? That was 2007, January 1st, 2017. Okay, yeah. I think was, he got, did he get fired that year? He got fired in December of that year. So okay. he got fired about a month before that. A month that before game. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the last time they won. You got to go. Now you go, you go to following year, right? The, that was January 2017. Now let's go further in 2017. They got shut out in London. 33 nothing. Cardinals got shut out in London. Then they got beat 32-16 by the Rams. Blaine Gabbert was the Cardinals quarterback. You go to the next year, the Steve Wilkes year. Sam Bradford, they got shut out 34 nothing. Sam Bradford is their quarterback. Um, and then they got beat 31-9. And then finally, Cliff took over in 2019. 34-7, 31-24, those first two years. We, you know, one competitive game. But the dominance of the Rams over the Cardinals, and specifically Sean McVay, um, it's 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 prominent. It's prominent. The the Cardinals have not beat the Rams in a long time. Eight uh, no, Sean McVay is against the Arizona Cardinals. His team has always scored at least thirty one points against the Cardinals, with one exception, and that was the John Wolford game last year to end the season, where the winner would have gone to the, the postseason and the loser would have stayed home. So in that battle of backup quarterbacks, is the only game where Sean McVay didn't. His team didn't score at least 31 points against the Cardinals. This is this is historically, obviously, when Sean McVay is 8-0 like that. And that's why I'm bringing up the Lute Olsen thing, because because Cliff, God bless him, he loves to kind of clown around on Sean McVay, right? He's made jokes all off season about, I'll only watch hard knocks if it's on the Rams because I want to make fun of McVay. And he pokes fun of McVay for this, and he pokes fun of McVay for that. And it does, for us kind of long-timers here in the Valley, have kind of a, not that... Sean McVay is Lute Olson by any stretch of the imagination. He's, I mean, remember this about Sean McVay. He was 30 years old when he was hired as a coach of the Rams. He was a kid, and everybody was like, what? You're hiring who? Sean McVay? He's, he's, he's 30. I mean, he's got players on that roster who are older than him, yeah. right? I mean, so it's, it's not like he's got this stately Lute Olson-like presence about him. But 8-0 is 8-0, and, and the Cardinals have a chance this weekend not only to end that 8-0 stretch, but really when you think about it, and, and you mentioned this a second ago, that game in London, that was Carson Palmer's last game as a yes. member of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they get, that was that game in London. It was 33, it was 33 to nothing, I believe. Broke his arm in that got game. Got shut out in that game. Got, and then he got shut out the year. They got shut out in, success, in consecutive years. They got shut out by the Rams, thirty-three nothing and thirty-four nothing. So there's some beatings in there. There are like to get shut out in an NFL game, you're taking a beating. And if you think back to this history, even pre-Sean McVay, man, I always think of the Rams, whether they were in St. Louis or whether they were in Los Angeles, and I think of a team that not only beat the Arizona Cardinals, that often beat up the Arizona Cardinals. Right, Injuries, that's the point. Guys getting hurt. Carson Palmer, as I mentioned a second ago, getting hurt. Now the reason we're bringing this up, all right, is. 
at least the reason I want to bring this up. Okay. Yes, eight and zero is eight and zero, and yeah, Sean McVay's got the paperwork to own that he proved that he that, that he owns the Arizona Cardinals. You beat Sean McVay this week. Mm, okay. The lift in confidence, the boost, the belief. Well, people think the Cardinals are a Super Bowl favorite. I think I got two ways to look at this. Okay, and go the ahead. first one is your way. Go ahead. What if they freaking beat him? What if they go there and they and they beat him? And you know this after being shut out in 2017, shut out in 2018. What if, what if they go there with this offense and for some reason the Rams defense can't contain the Cardinals when they win the game? You go on the road and you beat them after they just beat the Bucks. Do they all of a sudden catapult? Towards the top of that, oh my God, they're a Super Bowl contender? Forget about just making the playoffs. Are people going to start talking about them as having an offense that just can't be stopped? I think for all of the... Okay, remember we did that story a week ago yeah. about um, about the tiers, you know, the 2-0 and o teams, yes. and okay, beat the Rams, and nobody is not buying the Arizona Ta- Cardinals anymore. Tampa Bay was the only one in that tier one, right? right? Okay. You beat you beat the Rams. You're you're in that tier with the Rams and the Bucks. Nobody maybe Green Bay. Yeah, nobody is putting you in the. Oh, let's wait and see about the Arizona Cardinals. You beat the Rams in Los Angeles. Now, I'm not saying that makes them the Super Bowl favorites. I'm saying that puts them in a small select group of teams that people will go. Yeah, you know what? That might be a Super Bowl team right there. Okay, you can do that. What's your second point? Number two, you lose, but it's close. You play them tough. You go on the road. You play the Rams and. You go into that fourth quarter and it's a it's a seven point game. You lose by seven, you lose by ten, but it's a good game. You give them a run for their money, but you're not better than them. They're better than you, and they win the football game. And you can't stop their offense, and you can't stop Cooper Cup. But you know what? You're not embarrassed. You score three touchdowns, and you you find a way to stay in that football game. What's the thought process on the Cardinals there? Well, it's not as it's not as grand as oh yeah they're a Super Bowl contender, but I is think it wait till you get them in in, in your place. I, I think there's going to be part of that. I think they will have earned the respect of people around the league who maybe aren't buying their three and zero start. And then the last one would be a, a smackdown again. Well, what if, if it, they smack you down again? If they get smacked down, it's going to be ha. See, told you. I mean, that's what you'll hear nationally. You'll get a lot of that. Yeah, there. You know, it was a nice start, three and zero, but there were just too many flaws on the team. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's Rams exposed them. Sure, sure. That's that's how the national reaction is going to go. But if they win, if they're able to come away with a win and end that streak and that ownership that McVay has of Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals organization, man, the tone and the perception, and we're big on perception around here, the perception of the Cardinals nationally, it's going to be so different. So different. Yeah. So I look at it as win, lose a close game, or lose a blowout. Now, you know, I don't care how you win. I don't care if you win by three or you win by ten, whatever it is. I mean, if you spank them, that's going to be a shock. Um but if they play them close, maybe there's some, maybe that that's okay, right? Maybe that's okay. Hey, you know what? You lost, but man, you went on the road. You played the uh, team that could be the best in the NFL. You gave them a run for their money. Wait till you get them in your place when they when they got to come here. It might be that you said it yesterday, and I think we'll repeat it again today. This three game stretch at L.A. home against the Niners at Cleveland. Even if they go one and two during that stretch, as long as one of the wins are against one of the NFC West teams, they're fine. They're fine. I'll take it. They'll be fine. I'll sign up for that. They'll be in a. They'll be in a good spot. Not a great spot, but a good spot moving forward. It would Four be fine. And two. 
Yeah. Four and two, and you beat the Rams? With 11 games left, feeling real confident that if you can go 6-5 and five in those games, you're going to the playoffs. Texas, your thoughts on the Cards-Rams matchup. The FanDuel text line is open. 620-620 is where you can text us, and as always, we'll read the best ones on the air from the FanDuel text line. When we come back, of all the rookie quarterbacks who have taken a snap in the NFL this season, the best of the bunch is clearly the one who's barely played. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. A lot happened in week three of the NFL, uh, a lot that we haven't gotten into. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about the NFC West because obviously that impacts the Cardinals, whether it's the Seahawks losing to the Vikings, the Rams, their win over the Bucs, or the 49ers loss on Sunday Night Football. But as we welcome you back to the Burns and Gambo show, there, there's one kind of unifying theme if you're talking about week three of the NFL, overarching looking at the whole league. These rookie quarterbacks Who? have been ugly. Off. It is ugly. Awful. They are checked. They are one in ten as starting quarterbacks in this league. Trevor Lawrence is zero and three. Zach Wilson is zero and three. Justin Fields is zero and one. Mac Jones is one and two, and Davis Mills is zero and one. Starting rookie quarterbacks are one and ten this yeah. season. That is brutal. Take the thirty-four quarterbacks who have attempted at least thirty-five passes this season. So okay. not a guy in there for garbage time. Thirty-four quarterbacks who have attempted at least thirty-five throws. Uh, Mills. I don't know if we should count him, but whatever. Davis Mills, uh, Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Fields are in the bottom four in completion percentage among those thirty-four guys. Fields has been sacked on about twenty-four percent of his dropbacks by far. The most in the NFL. And that's a small sample size. One game, he got sacked nine times against the Browns. Uh, Wilson has been sacked 12.5% of the time. That's the second most. Wilson and Lawrence are tied for the league lead with seven interceptions. They've been. And, and the one guy who hasn't been awful is the one guy who hasn't really been given a chance to be awful is Trey, Trey Lance, Lance because he's barely, barely playing. Played. He's yeah. barely played. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You, you just you question why? Like, what's why are they flopping? Why is this class flopping? And the Forty ers doing the right thing? This rookie quarterback class has just been abysmal. I mean, just terrible. And when you start to look at the numbers, you know, fifty five completion percentage, two touchdowns, seven interceptions, fifty three point two rating. I mean, you put all that numbers together. I mean, it's bad. Lawrence and Wilson shared the NFL lead with seven interceptions each. This was that. That was just this past week. The numbers for the for quarterbacks. Fields didn't look like he could play. He took nine sacks. You could, He took nine sacks. Yep. He had more. He was sacked more than he had completed passes. To the point where Matt Nagy said in his press conference yesterday, "I honestly don't know what we're going to do a quarterback this week." And, and he wasn't. Sound, you can't play him. He didn't sound you so defeated like I am. But he, he basically was asked the question. He's like, "We're just not sure. This we, is, we don't know what we're going to do." This is not yet. fall off a bicycle. Get back on it. Okay. I remember when my kid fell off his bike. When my son fell off his bicycle, you know, when he, we started to teach him, he was going down the hill and he fell and he wanted to run inside. But get your ass out here, get back on that bicycle and go around the block. And that but this is not put him back out there. I mean, nine times he got sacked. Yeah, you're going to get him killed. Yeah, if you put him back out there, forget about that. You're going to. I would rather deal with him lacking some confidence now than going back out there and getting his head knocked in, saying, "Okay, let's force you back out there." You big mistake to play Fields, in my opinion. The the only thing I can think of is when you're talking about these teams and why it's like this. Okay, the only thing I can think of 
is that historically some of the organizations these quarterbacks were drafted by are historically awful organizations, right? 100%. Jets, historically awful. Jags, historically awful. Bears. The Bears have had their... The Bears were a playoff team a year ago. I mean, it's crazy to think of it that way, but the Bears were a playoff team a year ago. So I I don't know if I quite put them in the category. Terrible offensive Davis Mills? The Houston Texans, they're they're awful. They're, they're, They're terrible. Trey Lance is playing for the one team that has a good track record recently, but he's the one not playing. And the other thing about this to consider, too, is if you want to make this a rookie quarterback thing, you can. Last year, no, you can't. Justin Herbert Justin was Herbert. terrific as a rookie Joe quarterback. Burrow. Joe Burrow was really good as Kyle a quarterback. Murray is a rookie. Lamar Jackson is a rookie. Baker Mayfield is a rookie. Carson Wentz is a rookie. Dak Prescott is a rookie. Derek Carr is a rookie, RG3, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Man, there's a list of guys that were really good as the rookies. I think I agree with what you said. You put these guys in bad situations. Really bad situations. Really bad. And they don't have the talent to overcome that. I mean, the Bears have no offensive line. The guy got his head kicked in. Yeah, and, and look, I don't think the Bears are a great organization by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that's a real pressure cooker of a situation. The Bears haven't had a great quarterback forever, basically. Never in my lifetime. Never. I mean, don't, no, my lifetime, I know. never had a good quarterback. You've said that. I know. We've, we've made that point a few times when it comes to the Bears. They the All the pressure is there for Fields to play. Nobody wants to see Dalton play. Nobody. No, nobody. Oh, man, forget Andy Dalton. He's not the QB one. Put in Justin Fields. So now there's pressure on the coach to play the rookie who's clearly not ready to go. That's a recipe for absolute disaster right now in Chicago. There's no great situation for any of these guys. Except for, except for Trey Lance. Except for Trey Lance. He's played seven snaps. Seven. Is that it? Seven snaps. Wow. Trey Lance. Wow. He's in the best situation. Yeah. Sit behind Garoppolo and learn. But it is, it's tough to figure out because I just named 15 quarterbacks that did really well as rookies. This class is bombing. I mean, they're just bombing right now. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's a combination of things, right? It might be that they're not good enough. I mean, it might be that some of these guys are not good enough. That could be the case, or it could be that they're on such awful teams and awful organizations that it's hard to be good right away. One of the other storylines to come out of week three in the NFL. Well, there's a couple. Number one, the Chiefs are one and two so far to start the year. I'm not sensing a ton of panic about that. Their defense has been horrendous Terrible. this year so far. Yeah. Horrendous. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, the Chargers looked pretty good, didn't yeah, they? They looked pretty good. Justin Herbert, they looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, Gordon signing with the Chiefs, right? Yeah. Josh Gordon signing with the Chiefs, although... They'll get him, but I think the can't he play defense. He can't play defense. <laughs> I know. I know. They, they've they've just been getting gashed every and then yeah. Andy Reid goes to the hospital. It sounds like he's okay. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs are are off to the kind of start. They don't look anything now. I'm sure by the end, the Chiefs are going to. This is the what was the stat they showed after that loss? This is the first time that at any point in time they've been under 500 in a season since 2015. That's remarkable to me. Right. That you could, 2015 was the last time that organization wow. was under 500 at any point during a season. How about that? That's crazy to me. And the other one is Big Ben Roethlisberger. Looks old. Old. Do you see what Tyler Boyd said? The receiver what, for Cincinnati? What did he say? He said they basically quit. Said the Steelers quit. Wow. They quit playing. They stopped. Those guys didn't there's want a lot of There's a lot of stories out there. Is it time for the Steelers to bench Ben Roethlisberger? He came back, right? He had a big payday. He came back probably for the big payday. But now they're saying it's the time to step aside. 
I mean, you're three games in, and they're one and two, and and he he's taken a lot of sacks and interceptions and hasn't played well. And, you know, I mean, health has been an issue for the guy in the past, so you question, is it time for him to just step aside and then just not play him anymore? Yeah, there's some th- feeling that they were going to regret bringing him back maybe later in the season, and people are like, eh, they might regret bringing him back right now. He's 39 yeah. years old, and it just looks like it's, you know, when guys get old, they get old, right? I mean, whether it's... Peyton halfway through his last year with the Denver Broncos, whether it's, you know, go right on down the list of guys who yeah. just can't make those throws but anymore. Who's their guy? I mean, did they sign Cam Newton? Did they try to trade for Marcus Mariota? Did they, I mean, you're not going to get the Deshaun Watson's not playing this year. Like that, that's a big question is who's, I mean, who's the future at quarterback for yeah. that team? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, the Cardinals need to assure themselves in some depth in their secondary, and that's exactly what they did today. The latest moves made by the Cards. We'll talk about them next year on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.